Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our show is about raising consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about your personal truth and how to tell what's really right for you mm -hmm. rather than um, defaulting to what other people's truths are. Well, another one thing about personal truth is it changes constantly. Mm -hmm. Your personal truth as a two-year-old doesn't even vaguely resemble your personal truth as a 30-year-old. There's no comparison. So there's, mm -hmm. um, so allow yourself to have a variable flux in your personal truth because that's the truth. Well, that is, that is a very good point. Our personal truth is an ever-varying thing, depending. Evolving, yeah. Well, one of the reasons I ch want, wish to do this topic tonight is because right now there is so much information. You can watch a hundred different things on the internet, on YouTube, here, on te television, on the radio. Every, everybody's giving talks and there are people out there that some are great experts and some may be new to the subject matter and it's very difficult to figure it out and I was wondering what it would have what, what it would have been like if I had started my spiritual path right now in this day and age when there is so much information and often it's very conflicting you hear oh this is the right way to do this and even in science that's happening mm -hmm. where they say carbs are good for you then they say carbs are bad for you and, right. and it goes on and on uh, with different things and how you can tell what's right for you is to understand one simple concept and that is there is no objective reality that it is all a subjective reality mm -hmm. I told the story of one day I was walking and it hit me it really dawned on me that even my perception of an objective reality was just my subjective view of the objective reality mm -hmm. and when I realized that I honestly I like fell down into my chair it was so stunning to me and maybe the depth of what I just said hasn't sunk in yet or may not for a while but it is a very deep concept so in this arena of our personal truth and when you have a lot of conflicting information how you know is that subjectively all you have to look for is your truth not the truth quote unquote yeah, so we well think put. that there is this truth mm -hmm. outside of us that we have to pursue and we have to seek and that we have to find just the right person to present it to us when in actuality we will know because you feel it it just becomes a known thing and it can be one piece of a book and not the whole thing. Yeah. Well, uh, we as a matter of fact, I've rarely Caesar. read a book where the whole thing is my truth. We come to praise Caesar, uh, not bury him. You know, the idea of um, uh, selective reality. Yeah, and uh, all very well spoken, and I would add to it more or less the same information, uh, but there's always going to turn out to be more than one correct answer. And as long as we are tattooed, programmed, brainwashed with the idea that there is one correct answer that's been killing us off from the beginning. There's one and only one God, that would be of course my God and nobody else. You know, and this has created death for hundreds of thousands of uh, larger number than that of we human beings. So this is absolutely deadly, the idea of personal truth until there's room for the seven billion plus personal truths there are on this planet. Now, how we can hold a civilization with seven billion people is, uh, to begin with, thinking of us as a single organism rather than so much individuals. 
that would help a lot. And um, uh, so if we, we um, raise our consciousness to the idea of the human organism, meaning all of us rather than the human being, which is a, a correct answer, both are correct answers. Once we're the organism, then there is a, a sense of cooperation that we don't have as the um, uh, stalwart individuals, as the, uh, you know, it's, it's me. Uh, if you aren't the same race, if you aren't the same background, if you didn't go to the same school, if you don't hold the same belief system, I'm of course wrong and you're of course, oh, pardon me. I meant to say I'm of course right and you're of course wrong. And that's been another one that's been killing us <clears throat> off for the longest time. Well, now, just one more point. Sure. Just now that there's a camera everywhere, now we have, we have given in our um, belief of reality to what's on camera, okay? But the camera can't begin to, a camera can't begin to have perspective. It can record what's going on, but um, subjectively, never. Objectively, but objective isn't correct. It just isn't the way it is. It's never the way it is. There's always more than one correct perspective. Uh, go ahead, did you have? Uh, oh, I, I was mm -hmm. just saying once we accept the idea that there is no objective reality that, and the fact yes. that there is no objective truth, like I was saying earlier, mm -hmm. then we don't have to fight with anybody because your truth becomes your truth and you don't have to enforce your truth on anyone else and you don't have to accept anyone else's truth. If you look at religion as being the greatest cause of death of all time to a large extent, that or, or belief systems in general, it's mm -hmm. always because someone is attempting to force what they view as the truth onto someone else. And that person then has to defend their truth. What if we all realize this? I think it could bring peace on earth. We all have our own personal truth. That would help us uh, with, like, let's say abusive parents when we're young and, and feeling like, oh, that's unfair. And it's like, well, that's their truth. They're living in that truth. I'm living in mine. It helps us to pull ourselves away from dysfunctional situations and it makes us more compassionate and kind to one another. And I, I do feel that our belief systems are hallways, rooms that we move through, not, not uh, hallways that we move through, not, not a, a room that we shut the door and lock it. And that's what people tend to do. They have a belief and they lock the door. It's like that story uh, that uh, I, I believe it's something Buddha had talked about about these two guys um, were trapped on one side of a river or a lake or something and they found a boat, Buddha gave them a boat and they go, oh thank God we have a boat and we escaped these people that were pursuing them and they get to the other side and they carry this canoe over their head, thank you canoe, you saved my life and they kept walking and walking and after a while they were far inland and they could hardly see where they were going and they kept bumping into things and someone said, why are you carrying that canoe on your head? And they said, because this was my salvation. This was the thing that saved me. But the thing is, is these things that save us in the moment, these truths, are to be left behind when we leave that space for the next person to come. And we move forward and we embrace more and more tools and truths and we have to be willing to set them down in mm -hmm. order to receive the next one. And that is something I feel mankind is very vested in holding on to these things. And yet at the same time we're crying for them to come, the next thing to come. The Aborigines believe that if you have the thought, 
that is connected to the uh, action. Like if I think of these cards and these cards, they're all one thing. Mm. It's not my thought, time, tick, tick, yeah. tick, distance, begging, pleading, affirmations, and right. then that. And we feel that we are completely separate from our thoughts, separate from the actions. Yeah, and the truth of the matter, there's no separation. We've, we've gotten a lot of mileage out of separation, but mm -hmm. let's look for yet another correct answer. Mm -hmm. And the organism called the human race is a very correct new answer. And uh, the uh, starship Earth, as the Mayans refer to it, this is a starship. Well, it's a generational starship. We are going through time-space generation by generation. And that's very good because the new generation always has new ideas, new perspectives, new language, uh, new thought patterns that the old generation does not have. Now we can adapt, okay, and we can even create in the adaptation. However, it is up to the children to be the ones that create the future. And uh, we have been beaten to death over the guilt about uh, what we've done to our children uh, any politician has been saying, well, we're leaving our children with $7 trillion debt. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, we'll fix that right away. Dollars only worth a cent. There. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's now $700 trillion. However, it's not anything. Yeah, it's, it's just this insanity that we've been tattooed with uh, here on the planet. By the way, it's my personal opinion, my personal truth. There's nothing the matter with the earth. She's not poisoned, she's not dying, she's not, and none of that stuff is real. Because in a single moment, all of that can be fixed. All you have to do is agree to change the way we think about things. Air pollution, air pollution is not air pollution. Everybody believes it's air. Water pollution is not water pollution. Air pollution is thought pollution, okay? LA, air pollution. Have you noticed how people in LA think? Okay, water pollution. Water pollution is emotional feelings. Uh, have we noticed we're not really good at that? Okay, so my personal truth would state that all that goes away the minute we want to take even the vaguest amount of responsibility for ourselves as far as our actions impacting, yes, I agree. But once we're one organism, all that can go away. We, we can. By the way, thinking of us as one organism makes telepathy a whole lot easier. And you heard that, but you have to deny it because how could you have heard that? No, but that's true. That's true. It does. Yeah, yeah. And so the, our show is ex extremely invested. Our manifesto states that we came here to raise the consciousness of we, the human race. Okay. And so recognizing your personal truth as your personal truth but no one else's personal truth, and the fact that your personal truth changes. Every moment it changes. What was my truth at the beginning of this show is not my truth now. And by the end of the show, I will have a different truth. It's just like being. Being and truth are, in a way, synonyms. So the truth of the matter is that the truth is so sub, uh, subjective rather than objective and subjective for each of us individually. So that we can go on to recognize that it's, um, personal truth has been used as judgment from the beginning and it's time. The Crusades were just a colossal waste. The pick a war, any war, was uh, all based on um, not recognizing love 
and certainly not recognizing love for the other parts of us as your part, you, uh, everyone's part of me, I'm part of everyone. Well, I mean, if you look at it that collectively we're one organism, then each of us has to find our own personal truth. And it's as if we come down here and we write a term paper <laughs> about our personal truth, which is then combined with all the personal truths to make a whole truth um, that's even larger. And if we he come here and we live someone else's truth, <laughs> then we will come back down until we live our own truth. Mm -hmm. And it was shown to me many years ago, I was driving, I had this long commute every day, like 50 miles, and it was all Beltway 95, that kind of stuff, each way, every day. So you can tell I was in the car a number of hours each day. And uh, I used that time to, to do a form of uh, meditation as I drove and listened to mm -hmm. tapes. And it, it was a, actually a, a good experience in a lot of ways. But I was shown this like um, a thing in a dream where there was a, a bazaar. You know how if you go and there are cubicles where people, mm -hmm. not cubicles, but stalls where people are selling things. And I walked around and everybody had a choice to decorate it however they wished. It could be just beautiful and colorful, it could be plain. And I, I started walking around and everybody had a beige carpet and the same color walls and they were just slight variations of the same thing. And what I got from that, when I meditated upon it the next day in the dream, it was like everybody comes here and they can be a beautiful firework in the night sky in the desert, or they, they can be a sparkler on the ground. And it, it's for us to decide what that is. Mm -hmm. What is it? How are you exploding the light that you are bringing to this world? And when we get into comparisons with other people, that's when we start getting into this very stagnant, isolated sense of self and we start questioning our own truth, like, oh, that person, the keeping up with the Joneses attitude, mm -hmm. whether that's through your spiritual path or fame or money or whatever that is, mm -hmm. we start feeling like we're failing and we get pulled off our own course of truth. And how you know where your personal truth is taking you is we did a workshop on this many years ago. A lot of the stuff we, we have taught over the years it was well ahead of its time, but we called it joy mapping. And what it was was mapping the joys in your life to understand who you are and where you're going. We're trained to map the tragedies in our life to define us. But really, if you map the joys, you, you are much further along the, the road. But if you look at the times that brought you joy, because that means there is no conflict, they were um, times that you were, you were really at one with your truth. And even the times where it feels like you're not on your path and you're not at one with your truth, even then it's just a road sign telling you, hey, it's right here. You can never not be on your path. And that's just the truth of it. Yeah. And um, uh, Now the Japanese have the expression that, that the nail that sticks up is the one that gets hit, which explains Mozart, doesn't it? Okay, so it's very... It explains why I have a headache tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been sticking my head up all day. Um, Mozart. Yeah, Mozart. And so the uh, creative part of us is what is our truth in so many words. Mm -hmm. our, experience, our experiential self as opposed to our analytical self or our measure self. Would you say that's true? I, I didn't quite hear. Go ahead. Well, you were talking about that the nail that sticks up yeah, is the one that hit. gets hit. Right, and that is the attitude of uh, 
any kind of a herd animal. And the human beings, in spite of ourselves, are a herd animal. That's why everybody has a beige carpet. That's why everyone has. Mm -hmm. Yes, but the whole point is to, is your personal truth uh, is belied by this herd instinct. It's time for us to uh, elevate and create our own personal instincts. Now, in order to find your personal truth, which is buried under millennia of um, uh, to, 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 to diplomatic uh, permutations to get along with the rest of the herd, to whatever you do, just don't go off and be alone and create. No, I can't have that. You're antisocial, or you, you failed at socializing. Oh boy, there is a brilliant thing to say. Really, I failed at socializing? Thank you, oh God, thank you. You know what planet you're on, right? And I failed at socializing? I couldn't feel more like a success. That's ridiculous, the entire concept. So if you want to find your personal truth, it's highly available to you. Really? Where would I find that? Why, it's in your heart. If you want to find your personal truth, you follow your heart. I have no idea how to follow my heart. No, no you don't. That's because you've had no practice at it. You had maybe once in your adolescence <laughs> where your heart just completely took over. No, that's not obsessive compulsive. That's actually hearing yourself for possibly the first time. But this idea of you finding your personal truth by following your heart. All right, now we've said on this show a couple hundred thousand times Let's say that money goes away overnight, and you wake up in the morning, and you don't have to do a thing for money. What would you do that you would love to do? Okay? And after asking that question for perhaps six weeks, it struck me that you, you wouldn't get up out of bed. That's what you would do, because you've been forced to get up every morning the entire career that you've had, and you never once were done sleeping, not once ever were you done sleeping. Okay. So then your heart would follow to stay asleep for a much longer time. Okay, that's fine. So then after we explained that again on the show many, many times, we asked again, what is it you would do if you were allowed to do whatever it is you would love to do? And I went first person and I said I would be a garbage man because the garbage man is the true archaeologist, is the contemporary archaeologist. Whatever people are throwing away is a pulse beat of the human race. When dot matrix went to um, inkjet, there were dot matrix printers littering the landscape. There's a whole layer in any uh, trash, whatever they call that when they put all the trash in one place, landfill, of nothing but dot matrix, okay? And, and so that's why, and still people didn't call in, so I'm gonna ask you one last time, what would you do if there was no money and you were allowed, were allowed to do what it is you would love to do? What would you do? Well, while we're waiting for, or whatever. <laughs> no, they're not gonna call. Oh, come on. Well, no, okay, then they the won't. Guts. Your wishes, the universe is coming. Oh, I understand that <laughs> okay, intimately. But, but he, I, I, I wish to share a, a story about, um, uh, or, or uh, I guess you could say it's a story. Anyway, it's information that I found very interesting. Since mm -hmm. you were talking about the archeologist and in the, the, the dump or whatever, mm -hmm. and the layers of items that they studied. There was a person who uh, did a study of how fast people walk in different cities. Mm -hmm. And they found that you can calculate almost to the exact amount 
how big the population is by how fast people walk. And mm -hmm. they, they also notice that if you say it, that, that whatever that dis distance of measurement is 10 paces for this particular city, the guy could say, well, there's 150,000 people in the city, they have nine movie theaters, they have two hospitals, and he would just rattle this off. Mm -hmm. And they found that, that there is an organism called a city when we all get together and we get into this cohesion that it settles into this same thing that you can see within every single city. So I think once we get past exploring who we are as individuals, we start seeing this collective truth as well, but not to confuse the collective truth with our personal truth either, and, and to know how much our personal truth can affect the collective truth. Yeah. Very, very long time ago, in one of the earlier iterations of schools created that did not necessarily last, um, I had someone come and gave a class where they would um, video people walking. That was it. They would set up a, this was in video, was an extremely big deal. And film was on its way out and video on its way in. So you could watch it instantly. That was great. And so this person, a woman, and I don't remember her name, and I would love to know, um, would film you walking from the side and walking straight towards the camera, walking by the camera. And depending on which part of your body was projected, um, she could tell huge amounts of things about you. Uh, so if you, you walk with your head held up, that's very different than walking with your head not held up. Uh, if your chest is leading the way in which you walk, then very much you're a person that your heart is leading your way. Uh, if the hips are first and people do walk that way, that's a very sexual person. It just depends on what, you know, what way, well, like it wasn't obvious. Right? No, I was just yeah. laughing because it reminded me when Homer Simpson fell under that trash can and he was walking and then he became the village chiropractor. I remember anyway, that it was just a funny vision. I wasn't yeah. laughing at no, no, it is funny what you were saying. And uh, we have our, hi caller, what's your name please? Hey Mary. Hey. hey, Mary and Neville. This is Jim Cole in Atlanta. Jim, oh, how are we hey, doing? Jim. Hey, Good haven't to hear seen from you a long time. Thank you. Our dear poet Jim. Yeah, I was going to say, write poetry. Is that what you do? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to answer your question. This is yeah. what I would do if I could do anything. It would be to write. There you go. All yeah. right, we'll do that. I wondered if I could share something with you. Please. I wrote an hour before the show. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> we see the world differently, and the world sees us. Similarly, for you am I and we are we. Ooh, beautiful. Yeah, very well done. That very thought-provoking. Yeah, sums up the show very well. See I'm going to uh, say good, good night and uh, thank you very much. Oh, well, thank Jim, you. Yeah, good to hear from you. Man. Yeah, absolutely yeah. great to hear from mm -hmm. you. And that's beautiful. And yeah. it, it goes so well with what we're talking about tonight, too. Mm -hmm. So you're also psychic, a yeah. psychic poet. Well, trained to the... the as we were saying, once we recognize that we are an or mm -hmm. organism, all, all one as thing. opposed to yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that that phenomenon will become yeah. very apparent. Like we're all one thing manifesting yeah. as individuals, so mm -hmm. it's important to give both of them their validity. Yeah. So a part of the generational starship Earth is that the new generation. Um, so there's been so many literary references to this. Um, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, Paul Simon uh, said, uh, I believe sang the song stating that his um, 
worst fears were his child's, his son's comic books. And so that is the effect of the generation. The, whatever the older generation has been afraid of becomes a plaything for the younger generation, which is really very healing. Mm. And so each different that's, generation, that's yeah, each different generation um, convenes its own language. Okay. That's true. Now, in the world of texting, okay, and I just want to say this for all of we who text incessantly, that if it is an acronym, it has to be pronounceable. Otherwise, it's referred to as an initialization. So, uh, LOL, LOL, is pronounceable, so that's an acronym. But others, um, uh, what is it, um, FBI? Phoebe. Phoebe, yes. But they lie a lot, maybe. Yeah, right, okay. So, yeah, but this idea of the new language that's being invented, I, uh, some time ago, began writing a book um, where a being from 3,000 years in our future began to talk in the head of this very well-known writer so that he would get a book published. And he, he recited the next 3,000 years of our history, but it, and the man took courses to be able to speak in 21st century vernacular to make sense in the man's head and regarded it as a very primitive way to, to speak because you had to pronounce so many things that had become words. Well, it's funny because I, I was thinking of us talking about words tonight. That was my other choice of, of a topic. So it's oh, so wonderful that it came up yeah. <clears throat> because I have studied word origins. I was always fascinated with that. As you know, you've mm -hmm. read all the books that I had. Of the, the, I had at least 10 or, or so of um, the history of certain words and their origins, etc. I found it very fascinating that the word nice used to mean something negative mm -hmm. and just like bad used to mean something bad and now mm -hmm. we use it as something good it is this changing like oh, yeah. teetering back and yeah. forth but what I thought was really profoundly interesting is some of the studies they've been doing they're saying that words are actually the things that link concepts in your brain so if you're thinking um, it hurts to have your your foot stepped on and then you're thinking of stepping on someone's foot, we talk about people being very insensitive or unconscious that they'll step on other people's feet and not see it as, oh, well, it hurts me, why does it hurt them? Well, they're saying that certain times, phrases, when we put different words together, those phrases are building bridges from it hurts my foot to it must hurt their foot. And that, that's why it is so absolutely critical that we become educated and it's not just studying studying old things and um, uh, history. I'm talking educated, becoming more conscious, whatever that means to that, that individual person. But the more you know, the more these things get linked in your brain. Mm -hmm. the, more, the more elaborate our construct becomes. And the more it becomes, the, the kinder we become because we, mm -hmm. can, we can become aware of that larger organism. Yeah, and we get stuck in and, grooves. And, oh. And we have a call? Rick is saying something. Oh, they're, they're ready for the oh, painting. Okay. Well, while they're uh, setting yeah, that up. We have a few minutes to the dock also, just on the Oh, planning. okay. So, yes, this is um, a very interesting painting and vaguely goes at least with fish our. Fish heads, uh, fish heads, roly poly fish heads, fish heads, fish heads, eat them up, yum. <laughs> okay, so this is called very Orwellian Times, Patient. 
Orwellian Times? Orwellian Times is the name of this particular painting, and uh, it really is, in my mind, um, Orwellian Times is now in the dictionary, and it's talking about the fact that absolutely everybody has a camera and is absolutely all the time taking pictures of everything. There is virtually no moment when you're not on, uh, on camera or could possibly be on camera. Cameras have now become a weapon uh, because if somebody cuts you off and you start to photograph them, you may as well pull a gun. In fact, I think uh, a camera is more effective than a gun at this point because you can post it on YouTube, idiot driver, and they'll smile while they're cutting you off. I've seen any number of videos, uh, allegedly from Russia, but I think they're worldwide, where somebody wanted to get into traffic and he just pulls a gun on the guy to get him to slow down. That was an L.A. story, too. That's how they yeah, grow. Yeah, so it's become a very different oh, world. The, green uh, eyes. Yeah. Now, the background is an unbelievably blank face of a cityscape. All you know is in the city. And if the fish, then, are a very interesting symbol to use, and uh, the eyes, uh, encompassing all the eyes uh, that I could think of of mankind, Certainly not every version of every color, but the basics of the colors. What's funny is I have green eyes, and I, I've looked at my iris and mm. iridology and stuff, and it's very similar to the construct of my eye. Mm -hmm. so that's interesting. Yeah. And invented purple. Actually, brown eyes are just a tick away from being purple eyes. And I Elizabeth do... Taylor had violet-colored eyes, from what I hear, that there are people with violet eyes. They have a hint of purple in them. Yeah, that, that would be a version of blue, the way it's done that way. But brown, which is red, yellow, and blue together, if you subtract the yellow to a certain degree, they mm -hmm. will become purple. Mm -hmm. And that would be, uh, and we're off on really a tangent, but uh, the yellow in the, uh, is bile. Is, uh, you know, if you jaundice and your skin becomes yellow and so forth, it's a misfunction well, of the liver. So then in cleaning up our liver, because I, I expect a total organ um, I know cleanse. our eyes changed color when we did the gallbladder cleanse the, yeah. so many times in a row. Well, also, the eye has two layers. And so blue eyes just means you have the blue and the clear. Mm -hmm. And if you have green eyes, it might be the blue and, and um, a little bit of brown and it turns green. Mm -hmm. Or you have Hazel. the clear and the, and the brown or whatever, or, mm -hmm. or brown and uh, green or whatever. Mm -hmm. At any rate, when I look in my eyes, which are green, I can see where there is blue and green. Mm -hmm. and, I, and we can tell when we look at people with brown eyes, sometimes there's a rim of blue around it, an mm -hmm. essence of blue, which I think is very... Yeah, lovely. so eyes are very, very telling mm -hmm. of us. And then the idea of the fish population we live in. Again, the herd version of us. And well, again, the idea of uh, people's uh, mentality like that. Yeah. Is, yeah. And yeah. Bigger fish and smaller fish. It's quite I think, a few parallels. I think that that painting is stunning, and I, I just love bold colors. I, mm. I use a lot of bold colors and the stuff I do as well. Mm -hmm. I just love it, like yeah. that. Well, Can't and wait I know for your new deck. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, my next deck coming out is Mary's Magical Message Cards, mm -hmm. which should be ready in a few months, and then after that is Relationship Guidance Cards, Excellent. which will be very therapeutic as well. Mm -hmm. And then um, there's another one after that. So oh, yeah, stay you'll tuned. be bringing them on the show, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, and you've been doing And I'm also working on my Psychic Development Manual, my dream Excellent. interpretation book. Excellent. So hopefully those will be. Oh, I'm soon. excited. And I know we have, um, are we doing 
one the more other painting. painting. Yeah, this is the. Uh, this one's lovely as well. Yeah, this is the idea of uh, any house that has two people in it. <laughs> um, yeah, That's your side of the room. The yeah, the <laughs> but we're mirrors for each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all well done. And then the kids have uh, changed shape and color back and forth. They're in the attic looking up. They might be pets, we're not certain, but attributes of uh, the two are combined into whatever it is the couple does as a project together. So, and then the uh, flood of emotion that's coming out of uh, everything, and the smoke is going back and forth between the two. Good zooming. Yeah. And uh, the hills are a sine wave form, which is probably not going to be too obvious, but... Um, the hills are alive with sine form. Sine wave, yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm really happy with this particular uh, rendition. And it's uh, one of uh, so many I uh, have done since just becoming an artist again. And we'll soon get these up and out. Yeah, we would love to have it a studio for some of our yeah. endeavors. If anybody has space to rent or space they're not using, Mm -hmm. Or if you want Neville and I to come live in your basement for <laughs> not a basement, <laughs> you can adopt us. <laughs> Grew up in a basement. Garage would work. Out out building would work. But it has to be heated in a number of blah blah blah. Okay, so um, other well, we were talking about words and various mm -hmm. things and, and the evolution of the vocabulary. And I think it's interesting about the texting language because I noticed as a child or, or young person when we were having to study Shakespeare and I thought, and even reading the Bible, I thought, why don't people translate this into something that's uh, understandable and then, then we will, then probably it would be easier to read and people would read it and everything. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that what used to take a paragraph to say, we can say in a sentence now. And now with our acronyms and various other things, um, we can say it in a whole sentence in one word now, mm -hmm. which I think is wonderful. That's saying something. But in, in a, a reading that I was doing for someone or a meditation, I can't remember which, I connected with Shakespeare in that time. Mm -hmm. And I realized that it may look like it took a paragraph to say all these words, but it was saying things that we can't express anymore because we have clipped that out of our, our words, out of our yeah. flow. And it's this, and Jim could probably understand this. I, I have written a lot of poems myself, but I haven't done it in many years. But I, I know the feeling when you write that. You step into this flow, and it moves through you like this. And that's what we no longer have with, with this sped up vocabulary that we have. Mm -hmm. But there are expressions and things that we can't even feel because they're cut off to us because we can't communicate them. It, it reminds me of people talking about when they go and speak another language and then learn, or they grow up speaking one language, learn a new language, they realize in the new language there are things they can't say, that mm. there just aren't words for, and vice versa. So that's why none is good or bad, but it changes. Yeah. And that's why perhaps it is a good idea to read Shakespeare, because there are things coded well, in the cadence there that awaken things within us. That would be an interesting book. All of the things unique to um, language. For example, in Russian, there's a word that means it's the time to do absolutely nothing. There's no even concept of that in English. Mm -hmm. And the word's bizdelia, which means the time to do nothing. So it would be interesting to incorporate into some mega language 
incorporating all languages, each uniqueness from each language, which means someone would have to speak all of the languages and then isolate certain things. There are many well, things my son in was French telling that me you can't possibly say. Uh, uh, there in was English. This, that's true. And, and there was this uh, savant one time that I saw where he could learn a language within <clears throat> 20 minutes or whatever. And the most complicated language on the planet, I think it's some Scandinavian language, I can't remember which. Mm -hmm. And it took him like three weeks to learn that, but he could learn it. So the fact that he was able to do that shows that we have capacity, whether we activate it or not is another matter. But then my son was telling me about somebody that had cracked the code. I know you had a video of it too, and I haven't watched that. Or, or somebody different, yeah. but somebody my, that one my son was telling me about that he he was able to crack a syntax flow of a, mm. of, a, of all languages and therefore was able to learn them like that. As an algebra, yeah, yeah. like David, a mathematical. David Wynn Miller, and that's somebody different than who I was talking about. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So maybe there's more than one. There is. I mean, this guy was nothing but backup prior, systems. Prior, yeah. well, in different facets and different outlooks. Yeah, yeah, very good has quite a bit to say about uh, legal systems, so forth and so on. Legal systems? <clears throat> yeah, uh, David Wynne Miller is now a federal judge who prosecutes mm -hmm. judges. That's all he does. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Are there that many judges breaking law? <laughs> well, I, I mean, that get prosecuted? <laughs> his story was that a judge took his children away and he said, you can't, that's an ineffable right. I was not a bad father, you have no ability. And the guy said, well, I'm a judge, I can do that. And he went back seven Good years later him. and got him disbarred. Seven years later, the man was restated as a judge. He went back again, got him disbarred again. Um, third time, 21 years, goes back, disbars, and the guy dies three years later because uh, the, this David Wynn Miller would not allow him to be a judge because he was uh, corrupt. You know, and, mm -hmm. and you know, from the head down, as they say about fish rotting. So it's very good that that works that well, way. Well, you see, that's where that, that idea of the nemesis is really your, your greatest yeah. enemy, or the mm -hmm. petty tyrants, as Carlos Castaneda puts it. Yeah. Because even though that judge probably thought of this guy as his nemesis, this guy was actually his angel and saved him from Absolutely. all that guilt in a future life right. or, or self-judgment when he realizes what he had done. Yeah, absolutely. So even our, our nemesises are our best friends. Yeah, nemesis is a form of love that you don't recognize immediately, but it always turns out to be a form of love. That's, we covered this in the show about recognizing everything is love. The most evil thing ever done to you is a form of love uh, because it made you who you are. Without that event in your life, you would have not gone in a particular route. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to recognize the, the role playing that goes on with love. Love has, uh, there's nothing that's not love because everything is love. Anything you think is not love, it's just love being very well disguised. Yeah, and you, the people and watching this forth. may wish to listen to last week's archives because we did yeah. a whole show on that. Yeah, there's quite a bit more to the point, but that's the basis mm -hmm. of it. Um, the ultimate version of it is that whatever the most evil thing done to you, okay, uh, when you can recognize that you love the person that did that because of the result of that, then that's more or less the ultimate therapy. And I went over, the guy shot me, I recognized I couldn't forgive him mm -hmm. because it was my idea, I signed the contract. Uh, many years later I realized I loved the person for playing that role and then that whole connection between us, uh, I, 
he kills me, I kill him, etc., etc., over many lifetimes. Broke, it just stopped. I don't have to incarnate as a man capable of murder and, or a woman and hunt that guy down or a woman and, and um, continue the game. Game's done, I get it. I love him for what he did. There's no, there's no guilt that people go, oh, you know, on the other side and the primitive people believing, oh, there's hell on the other side. No, no, no. None of that works that way. It just doesn't. And so, <clears throat> well, I think that's elevating a, the human even race. death. Um, speaking mm -hmm. of, it, everybody has their personal truth, and whatever your truth is is what you experience. So, if we look at our life, and I would suggest this to you as being a pursuit, but also a finding of our own personal truth, mm -hmm. and not to get entangled in other people's truth, and therefore you're not taking on theirs, and you're not attempting to force yours on them. Mm -hmm. Because all it does is set up resistance, and resistance is stress, and it's the and the chaos. only cause of death, yeah. and the only cause of mm -hmm. aging and gro and growing old and declining is a resistance yeah. to things. It's like the wind resistance is what mm -hmm. tears off the molecules um, right. as you're speeding through time. Yeah. So allow other people to have their truth, and and don't tangle with it. You'll you'll find that your life becomes so peaceful because so, you don't have to tell that person that their religious beliefs are incorrect or their sexual orientation is correct or um, where they're from is incorrect. You don't have to do any of that because that's their personal truth and it's not your business. All of a sudden, you're not in the midst of everything and, and, and diddling with everybody's reality. Yeah, you reality. can actually find peace Yeah, within. that's what yeah. I mean. It's, so that's yeah, the way to get there. resistance attracts nemesis, just like a magnet. Mm -hmm. don't, you want to resist anything. Well, nemesis is. is to knock now, down resistance. it's very interesting to notice, though, that resistance, which could be called traction, they are the same thing. Traction is a method of moving forward, okay? They're all moving forward. So the, okay, so, uh, resistance is traction, but that's not the only way to move forward. Uh, the other way to move forward would be called doubtless love, okay? And that will move you forward, mm -hmm. okay? And so that is the Let point. Me. So then you can come to the revelation that you are love, loving love, mm -hmm. and that is um, a personal truth, which is subject to change, as all personal truths are. Mm -hmm. At this point in life, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I agree. It is always subject to change, mm -hmm. and that we just accept it as being where we are right now. And if we stayed in that truth, then that means there's no movement yeah. or no advance. So. so certainty is not a real word. It's certainty in this moment. Yeah, in this moment, but always subject to amendment. Yeah. So certainty yeah. for all time doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, but people think that way, or I would say think that way, mm -hmm. because that's definitely misspelled. Yeah, in that same sense. Mm -hmm. Now the um, idea of a personal truth, and then therefore personal language. And speaking of personal language, we have our personal duck showing up and here in a moment. Here's the personal quackers and cheese. We'll make so jokes and set. have the duck and yeah. the quackers and cheese. Sean, thank you very much for dangling this evening. Okay, I got openness. Yeah. And it's important. Integrity. It's important to feel the open expansiveness. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean you have to share everything and tell everybody every little detail about you, but mm -hmm. openness is a state of being. It's not a state of doing anything. It's just a state of being. It's um, character, 
integrity, principle, humility, and nobility is one of the meditations I go through uh, daily. Like the I'm wearing a great, yeah, Aristotelian, but still. Uh, anyhow, so the card that came up was integrity, mm-hmm. which is doing what is the noble truth when it's it, interesting you said integrity and you move that finger which yes. is the commitment to self and so integrity is really being at one with yourself that's really what mm-hmm. it means being yeah. integrated and at one with yourself well, we have there a are call. many things you can remember in fives you know that's why mm-hmm. we have five fingers if you have six mm-hmm. and you can be in a whole different league hi caller what's your reality. name hi caller what's your name please Edith, i enjoyed the show Edith. tonight well thank you but I'm, I'm just called for a reading from Mary, but I'm mm-hmm. going to hang up because I'm having a hard time picking you up on the phone. Okay, thank okay. you. Thank you. Yes. Edith, it can be that the, um, you're too close to the set and there's a feedback loop as a result. Uh, if you turn down the set, you can hear more clearly from home, by the way, yeah. just so you know all this stuff. Yeah, that's true. Okay, the first card we get is, is the comparison card. And I tell you, this is what I was talking about earlier about our personal truth. Our personal truth is who we are and how we relate in life. It's, it's also what we love. It's the things, it's everything about us. But the moment we start comparing ourselves to someone else, that's when somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. And if that causes us to fight that fight. We mm-hmm. have to be true to ourselves, back ourselves. I feel like there is a guide around you. Um, it, it almost feels like maybe a a physician or, or, or some something like that, a scientist of some sort, and he's just saying very definitively, back yourself, back yourself, that it, the people in your life that show up that aren't backing you is because it's just showing you that you have to back yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, the silence card is saying that step into your own silence. Whenever, there, I um, have a podcast called Meditation Break that you can get on iTunes and it has some meditations, and there are more coming that are better quality, but at least those are listenable. Um, but one of them is called the silence meditation, and it's about building the structure around you that anything that comes at you has to go through this field, the zone of silence before it gets to you. And that's what I feel. Back yourself. Don't speak. Don't say whatever that is that you are, are looking to communicate right now. Like if there's an issue going on and you're wondering is this the right time to confront things? It's saying go and retreat into your own counsel on that, into the silence, because things are going to change coming up. The next card is the Osprey, which is uh, in my spirit animal cards. And by the way, the colors on these cards are are very vivid on my online thing. It's just these were um, drawn in an older program, so they they were done in a different formatting. But you can see this ospreys out in the ocean, um, and they they mate for life, and they're very loyal. But during the winter, the females go off together, and the males go off together, and they have that alone friend time, and then they come back together. So what I'm getting from that is maybe take a break. Uh, and I love that movie, What About Bob, because there was a lot of great wisdom in that. But one of the things was when Dreyfus wrote him a, a prescription to take a vacation from his problems. And I tell you, I do that for myself all the time. Like Scarlett O'Hara, I'll, I'll just think about that later and t- what, with a fresh mind. So that's what I you get. You don't necessarily have to come back from the vacation. That's true. Yeah, and that would be the way this works. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? My name is Anne. Hi. I'd like a reading, please. Okay, thank you. That is interesting yeah. that the 
AC comes on right as the show starts in here. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I was thinking of explaining the personal truth as well as um, the faculty of finding the center within you as being synonyms. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah. I agree. And, uh, okay. Uh, and, and we get this uh, card that's really about finding your own inner guidance. And that this card is titled Aloneness, but it's not loneliness, it's aloneness. This person is seeking that light. There's always a light over the next hill. Where is that light? Until one day he realizes it's coming from his own heart, and he laughs and he revels in that joy of knowing that everything he has ever pursued has been really himself, and that mm -hmm. as a result he gets this great wisdom from it. And wisdom is not a, a, a thing you know, it's a thing you are. And wisdom is a distilled experience into, uh, into that wisdom, into part, being part of us. And when that experience becomes part of us, that's our wisdom. And so it's saying that you do have a lot of wisdom here and that um, the bear is about going inward, going in re retreating. So maybe this is to go and do a little life review and maybe even write your life memoirs. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Uh, but I had gotten a memoir writing book one time that just gave you titles like school, for, first grade, toys, and then you would write memories about those subjects. I think that would be very great and something wonderful you could leave because I, I feel you've had a very interesting life. So, thank you. Excellent. Yeah. And we have our next. Yes. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Linda. Hi, Linda. Linda. Hi, I'd love to have a reading, please. Okay, be my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just going to mm -hmm. hang up. Okay, that sounds great. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, but that's very true, our personal truth. Yeah, centering. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a state of peace because you're no longer engaging in fighting and struggling and protecting your truth or attempting to force your truth you on someone powerful. else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Forcing your truth on someone else in your state of peace, like I was saying earlier, it's just a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a card that, um, if you can see, it's a person kneeling and there are flames and stuff. Those represent where the chakras are, which is where a lot of our energy, our electrical energy, is flowing through. And those people represent ideas and beliefs that we get from other people, other people's truths that have been living like a, a virus in a computer, malware, in our thinking. And what it's saying is that you have been waking up to that and getting rid of that. And this, this combined with the simplicity card may be saying that you are, have been clearing out, if, if not overtly, um, ideas and, and beliefs out of your head that you're maybe clearing things out of your closet, things that just don't apply to you anymore, um, decluttering, decluttering the mind. And I, I think that that's where you're at. You're getting back to the simple truth of who you are and what is going on in your life. And the crane is talking about solitude and we've gotten a lot of those cards tonight we've gotten the introspective bear we got the silence card the the um, the aloneness card the crane card this is all ta talking about this time right now where it's important to go inward and see who we are so that's a message for everybody as well but but this is saying that you are finding your personal truth and seek only your own counsel you can get counsel from other people I think that's very valuable and you know when the counseling you're getting from somebody is straight on and that mirror is reflecting directly back at you instead of with their agenda or another person's agenda. Take what makes sense and leave the rest behind. So 
it's a time of great profound healing and releasing things that have been holding you back. So that's good stuff. Excellent. So we have a few more moments. We're about to be at Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle. And uh, you're certainly welcome to join us if you're out and about. And this does have to be Thursday night rather than a rebroadcast. And we have, uh, what's coming oh, um, up next? Well, I, I've been doing a radio show on Tuesday nights mm -hmm. called Inner Wisdom. And it's on uh, a blog talk. And you can search under my name or Main Street Universe and, mm -hmm. and you'll find it, Inner Wisdom. And you can call in that show. It's live. I, I may be moving that to daytime. Um, around 11.30, and so I'll keep everybody posted on that, but that might make it um, easy for people to listen on their lunch break or something, mm -hmm. gives people something to do. And yeah. we have the bowls coming up this weekend, and I'm starting Psychic Development Module 3, which includes psychometry, mediumship, uh, intuitive police work, and that sort of thing, which is very fun, and you get overviews and, and a lot of um, practice in that. Yeah. So. That's I know over the years your group has discovered quite a bit. It's the yes, intuitive, we, we have uh, actually solved some cases. Yeah, I know. And, and Remarkable. So, yeah, so that's a very interesting thing. It's it's fun, and and I uh, I mean it's a very great service to provide mm -hmm. in in life. Yeah. And we have the new moon potluck coming up in a couple of weeks. Okay. And, very um, good. Then there'll be more things coming soon, and. Um, mm -hmm. Anything yeah. else? I mean, all your paintings, your books? Well, yes, the paintings and books we've talked your about Your paintings for are years. sensational. Thank you. I, I would, if I had a big enough space, I would just hang all of them on the wall and just sit there all day. I just love color. And they are very thought-provoking, yeah, and very brightly colored, which is the point. I've been getting into quilt making, and I've made mm -hmm. these curtains, which are quilted, um, multicolored things. And mm -hmm. we have a colorful place, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, very much. I um, invite more color into your life. It's a very important decision mm -hmm. to make at any point you might like to do that. But uh, nothing is anything further away from you than the decision. Well, one so. thing that um, I see that you don't have the uh, language codes book out there. Uh, oversight. Oh. So. Well, I, I'd like to say that there are so many books out there that have codes that you really were the pioneer. Your yeah, book came out many years back. Yeah. And uh, since the then, everybody codes. has done healing codes, blah blah codes, Bible codes. It's yeah, kind of interesting how a word will catch the word on. Cipher. Yeah. Yes, if you just have to have something new to launch. The um, whole point of it is the uh, understanding of the language is the door opening to the greater consciousness. The language we speak is uh, far more unconscious than anybody would be comfortable with to know. The um, word should is guilt manipulation. Mm -hmm. And if you want to know how that works, you should know that. Now you're guilty for nothing. Now that you're guilty, you're asleep, and you'll come join us at the restaurant. Actually, I wouldn't have to manipulate. Yeah. Why would I? Come to one of our events, too, and uh, tell your friends. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that goes important. to contributing to uh, helping us so, keep all these operations, yeah. all the free stuff we have online for everybody. And we really are the elders in uh, this world, uh, truly, uh, for years and years. Telepathic TV and some of the shows we did before that were just it. There was nothing else. There was nothing else. 
And now we see all these people that have uh, read a book and but have no wisdom, have no understanding, well, I have think no working knowledge well, I know we're of what getting, they want to talk about. Well, well, I think that more importantly is we have to, it's good to have our apprenticeship. And I know our show yeah. is getting ready to end, but let's do a subject on apprenticeship because it's important. So it's yeah. our joy and honor to take you to the door. And you're going through it, just act like it, would you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My hands.